88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The MTR says sorry by offering half-price fares. The American Chamber of Commerce warns the planned extradition law may scare companies away from Hong Kong. And prominent journalist and Duterte critic Maria Ressa is arrested again in the Philippines. The MGR Corporation will offer almost half-price fares to passengers on the bank holiday weekend from May the 11th to the 13th as a goodwill gesture over last week's train crash near Central Station. Operations Director Adi Lau said 30 million passengers stand to benefit. The company is expecting to pay a $25 million penalty for the two-day service suspension between Central and Admiralty caused by the crash, which occurred while testing a new signalling system during non-service hours. At a Railways subcommittee meeting this morning, MTRC officials told lawmakers they had conducted simulations before holding the trial run. After the meeting, Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tam questioned what went wrong. When they do the simulation again after the accidents, then they actually can repeat the crashing accidents. So what happened between the, the, the two simulations? I mean, you cannot answer it. So either the first simulation actually is not run according to that specification from the MTRC, or simply it actually didn't pass the test and, and carry on and let you do the on-site test. Meanwhile, MTR officials are asking for more time to find missing inspection documents for construction work at the Tokwawan station on the Shart Intercentral Link, saying they need a bit more time to organise records. Up to 60% of the documents are also missing in three work sites at Hong Hum Station. During a meeting of LegCo's Railways Subcommittee, the rail firm's Chief Executive Officer designate, Jacob Cam, said there are many records to organise. He spoke through an interpreter. We need more time before we can complete the work. Ms. Chen is right. If we have all the information on hand, we can, you know, call them out at any time. Because after the work has been completed for a year or two, and only then do we collate those documents, it's not a very good arrangement. If we collate the documents at this time, we find anything missing, it will take time for us to find the relevant parties or the, or the evidence. The American Chamber of Commerce says the government's extradition proposal will reduce Hong Kong's appeal as a base of operations for international companies. Janice Wong reports. The plan will allow for the transfer of suspects to jurisdictions where Hong Kong has no extradition arrangement. AmCham expressed concern that suspects could be sent to areas which don't adequately protect the rights of defendants. It also called on the government to further narrow the proposal, after nine white-collar offences were dropped from the plan this week. Meanwhile, the government has announced it has gazetted the amendments to the Fugitive Offenders Ordinance. Only offences punishable by at least three years in prison will trigger the transfer of a suspect. The first reading of the bill in Lejko will be on the 3rd of April. Official data shows that home prices rose for the second consecutive month, up 1.3% in February. But average rents dropped for the fourth month in a row, down 0.2%. Paul Zimmerman from Designing Hong Kong says he's unsure of the effect of road pricing in Central, as congestion tends to keep most incidental traffic away. The government is understood to be planning a trial for 14 streets from the harbour front to Hollywood Road in Wan, but hasn't set a timetable or a fee schedule. Mr Zimmerman welcomed the move and said he hoped zero-emission vehicles could have an advantage. The best way to cut congestion is by having congestion. It is one of those rules. Time lost is what really stops people from going into an area. And there's a lot of time lost by traffic going into central. So I think that the incidental driving is limited because of that. The people that don't really have to be there 
try to avoid being there at the moment. But we need to get through to the spider scheme. We have to get going on it and then fine-tune as we go forward. I would ultimately suggest some changes to the boundaries. A prominent Philippine journalist, Maria Ressa, has been arrested on her arrival at Manila's main international airport for allegedly violating laws barring foreign ownership of the media. Last month, Ms Ressa, the executive editor of a news website, Rappler, was arrested over an alleged internet libel case. The BBC's Howard Johnson reports from Manila. Today's arrest marks the 11th case filed against Rappler since January 2018. Rappler's critical coverage of the government's war on drugs, in which thousands of alleged drug users and dealers have died following police operations, has repeatedly angered Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte. Mr Duterte once accused the website of being funded by the CIA. In response to this latest case against Rappler, the Committee to Protect Journalists says it is clear that the government is manipulating the law to muzzle and intimidate one of its most credible media critics. In New Zealand, more than 20,000 people have attended an open-air service of national remembrance in Christchurch for the 50 people shot dead by a far-right gunman in two mosques a fortnight ago. The Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, said New Zealand wasn't immune to the virus of hate but could be the nation that finds a cure. Racism exists, but it is not welcome here. An assault on the freedom of any one of us who practices their faith or religion is not welcome here. Violence and extremism in all its forms is not welcome here. Farid Ahmed, whose wife Husna was among those killed at the Al-Nur mosque, said he forgives the gunman. I don't want to have a heart that is boiling like a volcano. A volcano has anger, fury, rage. It doesn't have peace. It has hatred. It burns itself within and also it burns the surrounding. I don't want to have a heart like this. And I believe no one does. A new study says 300,000 women around the world, almost all of them in developing countries, are dying every year as a result of having caesarean sections. In addition, up to 10% of all babies delivered in sub-Saharan Africa by caesarean are stillborn. Here's the BBC's Richard Galpin. The researchers analysed data from 12 million pregnancies and they found that the risk of death from caesarean sections in developing countries was far higher than they'd expected. In many areas, particularly sub-Saharan Africa, the number of women dying is a 100 times higher than in wealthy countries like Britain. The authors of the study, published in the British magazine The Lancet, are calling for women in the affected countries to have better access to surgery carried out by skilled medical staff. A new study has thrown more light on the drastic declines in amphibian populations across the world over the past 50 years. Researchers have linked the mass death to chytridiomycosis, a disease caused by a virulent and easily spread fungus. It's caused declines in more than 500 species of frogs and salamanders and caused the extinction of 90. Here's the BBC's Helen Briggs. It's a very nasty disease, so it it affects the skin of amphibians, so frogs, salamanders, toads, and it literally eats them alive. Um, And it's responsible for mass dying of amphibians around the world. Now, um, we've known about it for a few decades, but it's only now really that the true scale of it is becoming clear. The British government is to hold a new vote on Brexit tonight in its final attempt 
to get the withdrawal agreement through the House of Commons. The Speaker ruled the vote can take place as the motion just considers the agreement and not the future political relationship between London and Brussels. It has to be approved the same day, otherwise Britain will have to ask for another extension to the departure date or risk leaving the EU with no deal. The leader of the main opposition Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn, said they would vote against it. What the Prime Minister has tried to do is do something that she denied she would do on the 14th of January, and that is to separate the withdrawal agreement from the political declaration, from the future arrangements. Well, you cannot separate them, because otherwise you move into a blindfold Brexit on the basis of the withdrawal agreement. A lawsuit against the aircraft manufacturer Boeing has been filed in the United States Federal Court by the family of a man who died in the Ethiopian Airlines crash early this month. All 157 passengers and crew were killed in the accident. The relatives of Jackson Muzoni, a Rwandan citizen, allege that Boeing's 737 MAX airliner had a design defect in its automated flight control system. Boeing has yet to respond. The New York State Attorney General has expanded a lawsuit against the painkiller maker Purdue Pharma and its wealthy owners, the Sackler family. Letitia James is pressing new charges that the Sacklers fraudulently transferred money to their own accounts, as the BBC's Nick Bryant reports. In New York City, the Sackler name has long been synonymous with billionaire philanthropy. But now state prosecutors have launched a lawsuit against eight family members. The lawsuit alleges Purdue Pharma fraudulently transferred funds to members of the Sackler family, some of which were sent to offshore accounts, a move intended to protect assets from litigation. It also alleges that Purdue and other manufacturers used misleading marketing that downplayed the dangers of addictive painkillers. In a statement the Sackler family vigorously denied the allegations. The Venezuelan government has stripped the opposition leader, Juan Guido, of public office. Mr Guido is currently the president of the National Congress, but proclaimed himself interim president in January. The BBC's Will Grant reports. They are arguing that Mr Guaido's finances, his personal finances, need scrutiny, uh, his travel. Essentially, this is a, an investigation that they launched last month, and this is their conclusion, that ultimately he can't hold office for 15 years. There's nothing surprising in that, in that they have done this before. They did this to Enrique Capriles Radonsky. They did this to Leopoldo Lopez. It's a sort of known tactic of the Maduro government to try and push down, to rule out high-profile opposition leaders, those who pose a genuine threat to President Maduro. Norway has signed an agreement with Chile to return thousands of artefacts removed from East Ireland by an explorer in the 1950s. The pieces, which include skulls and carved artefacts, are currently housed in Oslo's Contiki Museum and celebrate the work of an explorer who tried to prove that Polynesian islands could have been settled by South American people thousands of years ago. Negotiators from China and the United States have resumed trade talks in Beijing, aiming to settle the bruising spat that has threatened the global economy. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin were greeted by Vice Premier Liu He at the Diaotai State Guesthouse as the three men seek to resolve the long-running trade war between the world's top two economies. Currencies now, and the US dollar is trading at 110.72 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 12 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 25 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 28,989, 211 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $59 billion. Now with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung. 
We start with baseball. Six months after winning a club record 108 games, the Boston Red Sox have begun their World Series title defense on the wrong side of a lopsided defeat. They lost 12-4 to the Mariners in Seattle. Add that to their two wins in Japan last week. The Mariners are 3-0 to start the season. Elsewhere on opening day, the New York Yankees crushed the Baltimore Orioles 7-2. The LA Dodgers cracked eight home runs against the Arizona Diamondbacks in a 12-5 drubbing. Jock Patterson and Kike Hernandez each went deep twice. And the Milwaukee Brewers, last year's NL Central champions, they beat the St. Louis Cardinals 5-4 after Lorenzo Cain made a spectacular catch to end the game. The Brewers outfielder jumped up against the wall and took a home run away for the game's final out. Yuli Shasin struck out seven to get the win. And he also became the first Brewers pitcher to homer on opening day. To cricket now, the India captain Virat Kohli lashed out at the umpires after his team's latest defeat in the Indian Premier League. Royal Challengers Bangalore fell short by six runs in their run chase against the Mumbai Indians, but after the game, it was revealed that the umpires had missed a call that would have given Bangalore another ball to play. Our cricket commentator Sanjay Chowdhury says Kohli has reasons to be upset. His words are: "We are playing at the IPL level and not playing club cricket. The umpires should have had their eyes open. That was a ridiculous call. And the call that we are referring to is the last ball call where uh, Bangalore needed seven runs to win. Uh, they got just one run, lost the match, but it was a no ball by Lasith Malinga that the umpires failed to pick up. And sometimes umpires fail to pick up that no ball, and it goes to the third umpire. They they do play it safe. They go to the third umpire." To Check it. That did not happen this time, and Bangalore have been left almost robbed of a win here. Golf and Tiger Woods dropped his second group match at the WGC Match Play event in Texas, but there was victory for Rory McIlroy. More from the BBC's Andy Barwell. The players are into their second of three group games. Rory McIlroy made it two wins out of two, with a three and two victory over the South African Justin Harding. Tiger Woods couldn't follow up on yesterday's win. He lost two and one to Brant Snedeker. Phil Mickelson has lost a second straight match. This time going down to the 2018 U.S. Ryder Cup captain Jim Furyk.、Uh, second seed Justin Rose has halved against fellow Englishman Eddie Pepperell, but defending champion Bubba Watson has suffered back-to-back defeats. And in tennis, Ashley Barty is through to the final of the Miami Open after beating Annette Kondeve in straight sets. The other semi between Simona Halep and Carolina Pliskova has been suspended due to rain. And that's your look at sports. And now to end the news, a quick reminder of our top stories. The MTR says sorry by offering half-price fares. The American Chamber of Commerce warns the planned extradition law may scare companies away from Hong Kong. And prominent journalist and Duterte cricket Maria Ressa is arrested again in the Philippines. The news from RTHK. Dreamer, too.
the streets tonight.